0: Alright, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Fighting Words. My name is Donovan, and I want to thank you for listening. This week I have a very special guest with us tonight. Her name is Aubrey Santamaria, and she is my wife. Hello, Aubrey. Hello. A little louder. Hello. Hi. So, thank you for joining me. There's a couple reasons I wanted to invite you on. Um, Number one, I'm blessed with hearing your opinions all the time. (laughs) All day, every day, and I like to share the blessing, so it's better to give than receive. Amen. So thank you for being on here with me. Um, seriously, though, well, I just enjoy you, I like you, and I want everyone else to like you, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel weird? I do. Good. Why do you feel weird?
1: I think I'm more afraid than usual of what you're going to say.
0: All right, well, I stand in front of people every week and talk for 40 minutes.
1: Maybe it's because it's in our house.
0: Yeah. Well, I may feel more free than usual. So, but really, well, there's a couple things. Number one, I do, I do really like you and enjoy you, and obviously we've spent years together and talking about different things, including Jesus and the gospel and the church and kids and food and all kinds of things, and so I respect you as a human did you know that? I do. Good. How do you know? Um, I guess you just act like you do. All right. Good acting. It's <laughs> good. So far, so good. Um, so there's that personal reason. I think that God's given you um, good wisdom and insight, and uh, hopefully that'll come through tonight. Uh, the other reason is I do want to mix up uh, who we have on the podcast in many ways, not just a bunch of dudes who work at the church, but... Also, dudes who don't work at the church and women who don't work at the church and just men and women and leaders. And I
1: work at the church.
0: Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, well, I had Leon on last week. Sure. She doesn't work at the church. So you do work. At the- what do you do? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> She's holding the whole thing together, folks. <laughs> so, well, in case you don't know, she is the uh, administrative assistant, right? And um, so she works a few hours at the church doing that. She, when you you email info at RedeemerHome.com, that is who is on the other end. So thank you for your labor doing that. We don't have a specific agenda, just some general thoughts that I figured I'd I'd throw out. Aubrey doesn't know what we're going to talk about. I just told her, just follow my lead, which you're used to.
1: It's my whole life.
0: Shots fired. (laughs) Um, But I did post on Facebook a couple... you know, invitations just to share some thoughts. People can post some, some topics they'd like us to talk about, and we'll talk about that. But first, I think we need to get to know each other a little bit. Oh. Yeah, so one question for you that I think is burning in the audience's hearts. Oh, gosh. What does it feel like to marry up? Oh, heck no. <laughs> <laughs> like, people wonder. Not everyone has done that, so.
1: Mm-hmm. Um I don't even know what to say, babe. That's ridiculous.
0: I'm married up. And I'll tell you, it feels great. Every day is like a sunrise. Well, every day is a sunrise. It's oh. like two sunrises. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, there's that. I actually feel weird. I feel weird. Yeah, we'll, we'll be fine. We'll get into it. Um, right. We don't usually sit across from each other like this with microphones and just be official.
1: Just be weird.
0: Yeah. So we'll just do that for an hour and people it'll freak people out. All right. Well let's get to audience questions. Okay. So I just posted on Facebook. I'll be having Aubrey on the podcast tonight and let me know your thoughts and it blew up.
2: Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Yes. So I mean Facebook crashed. Mm-hmm. There's so much response. Well, one person said, talk about parenting. (coughs) You're good at it. So there's that. And I don't know if she meant me or you or both of us, but. Who was it? I don't know if I should name names. Well, it's on Facebook. It was Marie Kasner.
1: Oh, she means me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, she used to live with us, so (laughs) um, she's had a a good look at it. The thing is that that's a really big topic. Yes. so um, I would say this I would refer you to the parenting seminar from our old podcast called Redeemer Radio or Redeemer Live and that's on the sermons page and there's hours eight hours of me and uh, Garrett and Scott talking parenting and it's really complicated I think that's one of the tough things about giving parenting advice is like it's nuanced and yeah. kids are different and so I don't know um but what I used to say when people would ask for parenting advice, which is rare, ooh, let's go there. <clears throat> Why is that rare?
1: That people ask for parenting advice? Yeah. Um I think it's the touchiest thing to people. I always tell people I'd rather talk to someone that's like has marital struggles than about their parenting because it's just so deeply rooted to yourself like even more than your spouse you know what I mean like if someone insults your spouse you might even be like yeah I kind of get that but if they insult your kid it's like you're
0: being why do you think that is why is it a because you're attached to your spouse for life you're I mean I would say it's actually a more significant relationship
1: yeah I don't know maybe because they're just like actually of you
0: yeah well, this thought just popped in my mind. Like, they're little, and they're, um, you know, I, they're easier to control, I think, and mm-hmm. so there's more implication there. So if you if you if I'm out of control, you might say, yeah, hey, I'm being a good wife, but my husband's out of control. But if yeah, if there's kid issues, it it may be more prone to reflect on you.
1: Yes, you are responsible for you have who done. they are as a kid.
0: And I would just say that's, I believe that's true to a great extent, Um, but then you have to factor in their personality, their temperament, their other experiences besides you and the sovereignty of God and all that. So that makes sense. Uh, But I used to really um, emphasize the role of authority and discipline, which I think Mm -hmm. is a part of this.
1: Well, and I think when you used to emphasize that, we were in years that hone in on that, like where that's right highly
0: important right so one of over the years I've got more nuanced like well love them like God loves us like Mm -hmm. well okay well what's that look like well it looks like a lot of things and that's where I spent eight hours on the podcast uh, series talking about disciplining them and wielding Mm -hmm. authority but also encouraging them and loving them and playing with them and praying with them and uh, showing them affection and and showing them grace and forgiving and I mean there's just so much Um, but I think what you just said is really important Um, there was another couple at Redeemer years ago that said something that I thought was really helpful Um, they said most people um, exert too little control in the beginning Mm -hmm. or authority let's put it that way and then as a result they're trying to exert too much Mm -hmm. in the end so let's say the beginning is infant through toddler years and the end being you know teenagers and and they said it's the opposite is healthier. And I think that's true. We we mm-hmm. begin with a high level. They don't know anything. No. They literally don't know anything. Yep. And yep. we are their authorities. Now, of course, we need to know. See, here's the thing. These things are always nuanced. Like, okay, you, there's also grace and you need to understand their needs and, and yeah. give them room to breathe, you know, mm-hmm. so when I say exert authority when they're young, you may have some totalitarian, ultimate control thing pop in your head. And right. it's just really tough. Right. So, uh, but in general, yeah, mm-hmm. um, more authority in the younger years um, sets them up for less in the later. And here's the thing I would also add, when, we, when one of the things that I've certainly become convinced of is that I believe we had some good models and we have learned how to wield authority with our kids and yet they still love us and are happy but that does not guarantee their salvation, no. their joy in the Lord. It's like, well, all we're doing is creating space. Space.
1: That was what somebody said to us early on. It was somebody in California. I don't know who it was, but it was just like this high level of teaching them to obey and respond to you at a young age. It is not going to save their soul, but it is going to, it's going to create peace in their life and joy. And it is going to create space for you to. For you to speak into them about Jesus, because then when they're seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, you're not still fighting them for who's in control. Yeah. Like, you've kind of established that, and then in those transition years, till so they're moving off on their own, like, there's just more health.
0: Well, it's interesting you said in control, because there's different parenting philosophies that would reject that, would yes. say, no, you're not supposed to be in control. You're both yeah. beings with equal dignity, and therefore, this is a cooperation, and there's some truth in that, and we are beings with equal dignity, but one, we have authority and responsibility. Two, they just literally don't know anything. Yeah.
1: You know. They make themselves miserable left on their own.
0: Yeah. So anyway, there's that. There's parenting in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, we'd love to talk to you and resource you more on that. That's just a really, really big issue, and maybe someday we'll come back and do a, a longer hmm. uh, discussion on that. Um. Someone said, Let's talk about the good things and the bad things. Made me think of a salt and pepper song. You remember that? No. Let's talk about all the good things and oh, the bad yeah. things that may be. <laughs> yeah. You know what that song's about? No. Let's talk about. Oh. Oh, so I didn't know if that's what they... <laughs> it she being like, Is she insinuating something? Well, we're not going to talk that? about that. Aaron Harlan. Ooh. <laughs> it's on Facebook. Anyone can see it. So Aaron's I'm not outing bad. you here. I'm not <laughs> outing you here. So we'll talk about that. Um,. What makes it hard to be married to me, particularly? Not just married in general, but me. That's what people want to know.
1: Oh. um, Well. Don't,
0: don't in, disqualify me.
1: I won't disqualify you. I think everybody, well, not everybody know everything, but you, in general, you really are a great husband. And Come we on have, now. Oh, stop it. And we have been happy, but... Mm. <laughs> have been up until tonight
0: (laughs) this is it past tense um
1: you can be harsh i mean i think that's the biggest thing that we go back to because usually when we have like a significant fight or something at the end i don't even know what the issue was i don't care i'm just offended by your harshness yeah so apart from that everything's pretty great it's good
0: yeah so here's the thing you're a big Uh, jerk but (laughs) other than that that's the only there's just one thing your nest.
1: no and just so the body knows like this man has changed so much he's always always being kinder
0: um boy yeah so being harsh yeah yes well lord willing I'm, i'm growing in that and um
1: what did you think i was gonna say
0: Ma- the sense of marrying up and how that just
1: oh my god just must
0: grade on you you know <laughs> when we walk around town and people are just like questioning my discernment mm-hmm. that's got a grade on a on a person you know I don't know if I've really ever given proper thought to that
1: it's very wearying.
0: yeah so but you 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 picked a good strong number two um well and let me and so I think this maybe this will be helpful I I th- I think that God has been really gentle to us in our marriage I There's certainly things we've learned and ways that we've repented and ways that we've
1: stopped fighting like maniacs.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But we've also been, God's been really gentle. Like, um, there hasn't been, um, well, we have tons of stress and tons of challenge that people Mm -hmm. would go, How did you do it? Like, well, I'll tell you how we did it. It was really, really easy. We
1: got a softball.
0: Yeah. And um, so, so take that for what it's worth, and maybe that discredits us as as uh as advisors um but there are some things um well let me uh, all right let me put it this way we're saying that there are things that even though it's been fairly a fairly good haul mm-hmm. uh what do you feel like are some ways that you have had to change repent in order to um help our marriage thrive
1: um well I think one of the main things which I actually feel like all those years ago when you when we did used to fight so crazy and you had that day where you just stepped in you were like we are not going to be like this anymore like this is going to change like I feel like that changed um how I was with like grace for little things and so I just feel like there are A million, maybe not a million, but a lot of opportunities every day, like to be offended and to, instead of just like loving that person through it, just like let that sour the mood right then and there, you know, like the whole day is gone, the whole whatever, and things like that can just build and build. And I feel like with both of us, there's like a generosity of like, just, you know, if somebody walks in grumpy, if somebody says not quite the right thing, like it's not always like the end, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like little graces. Well,
0: it makes me think of how the Bible says, uh, love covers a multitude of sins. Yeah. That's how God is with us. He yeah. is just letting us in. One of the, uh, key pieces of advice I give to couples is let one another sin, like yeah. create a marriage in a home in which sin yeah. can occur. And it sounds like, whoa, dude, like uh, it doesn't sound very Christian. Yeah. Very biblical. Um, but it actually is. It is it's who God is.
1: And honestly, the idea of having to like walk through giant conversations about every, everything just sounds exhausting.
0: Anybody got time for that? You wouldn't
1: do anything else. Well, that's why, you know, people end up fighting all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I do want to, so what, where I want to go is I do want to talk about gender issues as a whole. I mean, here's, here we are. Yeah. Different genders for now. Oh, gosh. And um, so there's a lot that plays into that. We talk about complementarianism, talk about toxic femininity, mm-hmm. which you are the expert in, which is actually <laughs> the real reason I brought you on here. Oh, my gosh. Talk about women in ministry. So there's there's a couple um, issues. So, number one, let me just define actually, Aubrey, how would you define complementarianism?
1: Uh, can I not? Sure.
0: Let me can I can I rephrase the question? Sure. So a young woman comes to you for discipleship and says, mm-hmm. "What's God's vision for roles in a marriage?"
1: Yeah. Um I would say, actually I was just talking to our girls about this today. Like um I think that God has given us each a role, right? The man is to protect and provide and to die for. And the woman is to like respond and love and care for the family. And, um, I don't know. I'm kind of spacing, baby.
0: Okay. That's good. So now, so we're going to sit here a little bit because we use words like the husband is to die for. Should you not die for me? Oh, I should. You're to care for and love. Should I not care for and love?
1: Yeah. Um, that's true. Here we go. Yeah.
0: So back when I did the complementarian series, "Rebels' Guide to Gender," I defined biblical masculinity as initiating, oh yes, flourishing, (laughs) initiating, flourishing, yes, which includes dying for and caring and teaching and and then there's maximizing flourishing. That's the I would say is the the woman's role.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: And so it well let me just come at it another way. We do believe in male headship, that the guys are called to be the the head of the church and, and the home if they're married. And then, okay, now we could talk about that for hours and years and how that can look toxic and how that can be a blessing and stupid ways to wield authority. I think what happens often is we just get caricatures in. All right, so we say, uh, men, you should lead. And, you know, we think of, some, I don't Donald Trump, there, there, there's a buffoon or whatever, what have you. That's what you mean? Or a woman should submit and you picture, I don't know who it is, someone who has no opinion, no brains. And yeah. it's like, well, no. My prayer is that you're around people at some point in your life where you can see. Uh, if you're around Aubrey and I, um, and there's others, but we're here, so we're talking about us, you would know that Aubrey maximizes my flourishing. Um, so the man is called to initiate and that means we all have a vision and a goal in life and that is to become more like Christ and to have our home be more godly um, when it comes to the man and woman relating he has a particular responsibility that she has which is to initiate that with her so I'll use the example if Jesus shows up on our doorstep knocks on the door and Says I need to talk to you about things that are going wrong in your home. He's probably going to talk to us about a lot of the same stuff: yeah. our apathy, or greed, or selfishness. Like, but he's going to talk to me about initiating that in the home, and with you particularly. And he's not going to talk to you about that. He's not going to say, "Why didn't you initiate that?" Yeah, that's that to me is a, a fair distinction. I bear a particular responsibility in that. Now, you bear that responsibility with others. Right. Like?
1: Women in my group, my children. Yeah. Other human beings he puts right, in my right. path.
0: So men and women both have respective roles of authority and both need to lead. And this is where I think we need to be very careful. Men are called to lead. But what, what, so are women. We have so many leaders. You need to lead at, at work. If that's your role, you lead. If you're leading a group, you lead. If you're leading your kids, you, lead. you have to lead. Right. Um, but particularly when it comes to husband and wife relating, um, his role is to initiate that and her role is to maximize it. And that means for him also seeking that maximization. Example, um, honey, I've been thinking about how the finances have been in our home. I want to initiate a conversation about that. I don't want to just let it flourish, just uh, flounder. I want it to flourish. What are your ideas? What do you see as the problem? What can you, so I'm not just saying and therefore I came up with a plan and here's the, here's right. the answer um, but I'm inviting you into that yeah. um, and why did you start smiling and laughing when I said that
1: <laughs> because you said the financial I don't want you to initiate conversations about that it's all <laughs> <Why>? fine
0: because <laughs> we get in fights
1: oh I don't know I just
0: well it can be a, a point of tension
1: sure yeah why I like to spend and you seem to want to tell me to not to
0: that's a problem <laughs> well you're not the only one that likes to spend that's true um but anyway it's a real tangible place that can show where we've had some failures and not lived up to expectations and then i as the initiator in that and and then you pair that with my harshness can come out and i start to get judgmental and like well i spent two i overspent but it's now i'm like hey why'd you spend this and it's like well oh, bro like so it it just can give um uh, we bring all that stuff to the surface so um now obviously that's not a popular doctrine or view in the world but hey we're not of this world we're living according to biblical standards and uh I think it's been healthy and good
2: yep.
0: so let's talk about this idea of mutual submission this was an anonymous message so no names will be named someone asked me to talk about mutual submission and um that's all they said I don't know where they're coming from or what um there, do you guys hear that there's a a fighter jet or something coming across so i don't I don't know why, uh but where my mind goes is that when we talk about gender roles, mutual submission is something that comes up in the conversation, and it's because the Bible tells us to submit to one another. It's literally a command to all the church submit to one another, yeah, so Aubrey, am I to submit to you? yes. Okay. So how does that how do you how does that relate to wives submit to your husbands?
1: I guess the wives submit to your husbands thing feels like the ultimate, right? It's like the overarching like guide for that and then the other is maybe like I don't know, lower level stuff like where you live, like, of course, submit to one another. Like, it almost just seems like having love or grace for one another. Like, you want to give up for that person, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's kind of like a. Well, I think what I've seen in the past of, let's say, a toxic male who, who just seizes on the, oh, I'm the authority.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he has no sense of mutual submission. Yeah. And everything, I said, this is what we're eating. This is where we're sitting. Right. This is what time we're going. This is what you're wearing. This It's like, oh my gosh, dude, you have lost your mind. Yeah. What are the big significant things yeah. that matter in your life for flourishing? Initiate um, flourishing there. Bring your wife in to maximize that and, and have ultimate uh, authority in that. Mutual but, mm-hmm. submission
1: to me feels like mutual serving. Like of course you serve one another, you know.
0: Yeah, and you and it, well, the Bible says, um, "Consider others more important than yourself." Yeah. Now, now here's where the two meet. Of course, I could, I am to consider you more important than myself, and mm-hmm. out of respect for that, I'm going to initiate flourishing. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, yeah. right? To 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 abdicate on that role would not be considering you more important. It would be disregarding you because it would not be loving you. I would not call, acting the way that I'm called to. Yeah. So the 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 challenge it's it's all nuance. This is all wisdom, right? This is why the walk with Christ is years. And learning nuance and you can't just say, Well, you gotta dominate your kids. It's yeah. like well you say that to the yes. wrong guy and he's like, oh my gosh. He
1: dominates his kids. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Or you say, dude, you got a willed authority in your home, and he has no wisdom, yeah, no love, and it just goes horribly wrong. With All these things are are informed by the rest of life and the rest of biblical biblical knowledge. So, uh, similarly, the Bible calls church members to submit to their elders, right? But we're also to submit to one another. So, yeah. what does that look like? Well, welcome to the world of like seeking wisdom in Christ and knowing what that looks like, right? But it, mm-hmm. you can't just say. Well the Bible says mutually submit. Well that's true. And it says wives submit to your husbands. And it says members submit to your elders. And it says Christians submit to early, earthly authorities. And um so good. I think I think you've summed that up well in terms of just like how do we love one another? And and that envelops or includes our our particular roles. So there's some general um you know, definitions or kind of talking points about complementarianism or the idea that men and women are equal in dignity and worth and yet separate in roles. And that can look a lot of ways, too, I think is what's tricky. You know, does that mean you do the dishes? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I remember, man, we just are jacked up. What? I don't know. Well, well, FYI, I do help with the dishes. Not almost every night because I'm gone a lot, but...
1: It's pretty close.
0: So we're not talking about traditional... No. Although we do fall along those lines. I mow the lawn, you don't. I change the oil, you don't. But that's just not the issue. Dude, if you want to mow the lawn, I don't care. The yeah. question is, husband, do you have a vision for what flourishing looks like in your home? Have you taken responsibility to initiate those conversations? Mm-hmm wife are you do you have a vision for what flourishing looks like in your home and are you seeking to support your husband in that and help him flourish and maximize mm-hmm. that so anyway again we could do 11 podcasts on that yeah um, let's talk about toxic femininity okay um are you excited about that
1: um no
0: you seem excited about it throughout the day <laughs> oh my gosh it's like your favorite Not really to discuss, but just to manifest. (laughs) Okay, so here's where... What is masculinity? What is femininity? I would say masculinity are the general expectations, biblically, but also tendencies. Now again, these are generalities. Like, most men are going to be harsh with their wives. It's every once in a while that pattern is broken and you've got a woman who's harsh and the man is yeah in that other role like but most of the time right men are which is why when you hear the bible talking to men and women different ways it Mm -hmm. tells fathers do not exasperate your children men are going to tend to be more that way right women are going to tend to be more empathetic and tender and and so, again, you need to allow us to talk in generalities. So, masculinity, what are masculine traits? Boldness. Um, uh, well, they have to do with, well, they're really kind of a shadow of physical strength, I would say. We generally are physically stronger, right? You, <laughs> she's rolling her eyes. She still thinks she can beat me up.
1: I can beat you at a lot of things.
0: And that's a physical. Uh, tendency that plays out in spiritual tendencies, right? Women are generally weaker, which is why men need to be gentle or women are in trouble. Yes. Right? Yep. Now, could you find a woman that could whip me? Sure. And could you find some guy that you could whip? Sure. But we're talking about general tendencies, which is why we divide sports right. uh, uh, among uh, along uh, gender or uh, sex lines. So men are going to tend to be a little more brash, that, that strong. They're going to tend to be less emotional. I can't tell you how many times I've sat with a couple and it's like predictable. She desires his attention and she means conversation. She means show interest in me as a human and the things and thoughts that I'm feeling. Or here's another way to put it. I've heard it summed up as men are more interested in things and women are more interested in people. Okay. Would you think that that's a fair?
1: I think so. I think it sums us up.
0: Yeah. Now, as we go along, I think I think I actually have some feminine tendencies. It was I'm crying up there all the time when I preach, like, yeah. Um, and I'm not big into like, you know, going out and proving I'm strong by wrestling guys and like. But that shows up in other ways. I'll wrestle verbally. Yeah. Right? So men, to be initiating, to be strong, to be bold, and to be more focused on things than people, if that's not checked by society, the conscience, the gospel— that can go really toxic, and, and we'll do another podcast on that.
2: Okay,
0: that's toxic masculinity, where guys are just abusive. They objectify women. They're maybe sexual predators. You know, it can it can play out in a lot of different ways. Yeah, they're using their power in the world to subjugate rather than bless. That's toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. But what are feminine tendencies then?
1: Um, I think to. Well, I think they're life givers. Like they nurture, they protect, they love, they talk to, they, you know, it's very relational.
0: It's more relational. Yep. Yeah. And they do tend, again, there's some people that break the, the norm, but women tend as a whole more to want um, that approval and protection from a man. Yeah right and which can be bad right there's a goodness in that yes. if you were made to come under that headship and protection there's a goodness in that but when it goes toxic so yeah. there's some general tendencies uh men are gen oh well let's just put it the way seinfeld or elaine put it on seinfeld is that women are a thing of beauty they're just beautiful <laughs> men are like utilitarian they're like a jeep they're forgetting around now there's people that break the mold like me i'm really beautiful that's right baby you know uh but as a whole men are just clunky yeah you know women are now boy this is just an outlandish podcast already i can't believe i'm saying this stuff like (laughs) they just thought women just are better looking than men yes you know um now that's a that's a gift That can go wrong. So let's talk about this. Okay, there's these things that are good, that are given by God, because we both image God in different ways. God is both, I believe, masculine and feminine, which is why we image him. God is both assertive, both bold, both going to charge the gates, both going to make war, right? And going to come in and nurture and and, uh, show very personal attention and cherish and... And so we together, Lord willing, begin to image that, yeah. right, in different ways. Um, and when that, so that's a gift of God to right? be made in that way. Yep. But because of sin, that's been marred. How does that go wrong? How does God's the beauty that He's given a woman, a woman? Ooh, let's actually let me come back to because I don't want to lose this thought. Okay. I remember reading this in that hideous strength. <clears throat> Um, which is C. S. Lewis, part of the space trilogy, third book, That Hideous Strength, he says in there, I don't remember the general context, but that a woman and a man, when they're delighting in their in their <laughs> attractiveness, they're delighting in the same thing. He is delighting in her beauty and she is delighting that he is delighting in her beauty
1: so true
0: (laughs) well anyway there's that i'm not sure well it's just to to reinforce that idea um that generally woman is looking for a strong man man's looking for a beautiful woman like no do i want some weak woman no i like that you're Um, have convictions and that you know who you are like otherwise boy we'd be in big trouble you have a lot of responsibility in my life and our lives and what you do with our kids and like boy you better be strong because you're up against it right (laughs) Um, but I'm not looking for that in comparison to me like I want you to be but I'm not looking for you to be my strength my protector that way right right Right. Okay, so how do these things go wrong? Um so the so beauty, this gift of beauty.
1: Oh, vanity. It just jumps the shark. It becomes it becomes dominating, right? Instead of enjoying the gift, it becomes too important to who you are.
0: How when did... So, obviously, that's happened. That happens to all of us. When vanity shows up in different ways. I've never been caught up with the fact that I'm so beautiful. Because... <laughs> I mean, I am. But it just doesn't... It doesn't <laughs> grasp God me God spared that you way. from that. Yeah. My pride uh, goes in other goes to other places. So... Yeah. So, like, where my pride would go into, like, I'm right. I can argue. I know. Like, right. That's... You don't even care about that. No. Not um, most of the time. Yeah. But... So, that that's one place that's manifested. Um, how... When did you feel like you felt that start to take place?
1: Um, I think I was obliviously vain until I started to feel older.
0: Oblivious, obliviously vain. Like Tell I me. just
1: wasn't like, I know I was vain and it was, I would give time and attention and money and all that stuff probably inordinately to like l- how I look and all those things. But I think just the importance of it in my life, um, like it, I had a clearer picture of it as I started to get older, and those things feel threatened. Now
0: you're like 24, right? <laughs> so, well, we're, we're we're mid midlife here, right? So, well, tell me more about that. What do you mean? How did how? What has been the shift? So, I mean, you're well, How old are you? 38. Yeah, I'm 40. What? Four. Yeah. I'll be 45. So, okay. So now you're 38. Yep. And how has that shifted? Like, what do you mean by that?
1: Um, well, I think I've just felt sad, you know, as you start to feel less attractive and just the heartache that that can cause. Um, that's what I'm saying. Brought it to light the, the, how it held too much importance in my heart. And you know, Ooh, I'm yeah. looking, I, I look to people for appreciation of that. It gives me joy in life I'm finding it in that, you know, like I said, to, to an inordinate amount.
0: So obliviously, you mean like, it's, it's kind of like we take for granted our health and then suddenly we get sick and we're like, oh yes. wow, I just realized how much security or comfort I've been getting from this. Yes,
1: like I wasn't wrestling with it at all now. Like now I would say it's something I pray about. Like I want to, I want who I am to rest in the Lord and not in what I look like. And probably 10 years ago, I, w- I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have named it as a sin issue or something.
0: Well probably doesn't help that I'm constantly fawning over you.
1: No, that's good. Don't stop that.) <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing keeping it in check. <laughs> oh.
0: um, so that's interesting that's an interesting response. You say you, you you begin to see maybe the futility. it's kind of like the grass withers. yeah, it becomes real. That's right. And it drives you to you said prayer, yeah, not despair. Or maybe prayer because of despair.
1: Well, I don't know. Give me a few more years. I might despair. <laughs> but at this point, it's still just prayer.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe you ease into it. It's like when you gain weight, you don't notice and you hop on the scale and you're like, <laughs> you know, 30 pounds. That happened to me. Like Literally, I was 30 pounds over where I was like two years ago. And I was like, what? I've been wearing stretchy pants for two years. I didn't even notice. Like,
1: It's a bad move. Leggings. So
0: maybe you don't look at a mirror for like, you know, eight years and all of a sudden you look, you're like, BAM! You're like shocked. <laughs> but you look every day. That's multiple right. times. Oh, babe. You probably won't even notice the change. Stop. Okay, okay. So obviously vanity and like putting hope in that. Yeah. But so what's well, how's that toxic? What 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 how could that lead well, to because toxic?
1: Because talking about it being like this is one of the things about women like God made us more beautiful and I think it's meant to be like a gift like you enjoy, your spouse enjoys, like whatever, but you you take it and you twist it and you make it into an ugly thing, right?
0: How does it become ugly?
1: I mean, that's just what I was saying. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't get mad at you. Whoa, on here. Who's harsh here? Wow.
0: <laughs> well, I just okay. Let me ask it. How does it toxically affect others? How does that? How could that turn uh, it turn into the community now? Because well, when I talk about toxic masculinity, it isn't just like you're yeah. a toxic dude. Like, who cares? Sit in your basement and be toxic, but you're having an effect yeah. on your husband. Oh, your wife, your kids, your neighbors, the church, the community, yeah. the culture as a whole. Like, how does that then turn out into culture, into the church, into the community, and um, not bear fruit? How does it bear death?
1: Um, I don't remember when this came up, but I don't know. Either read it or heard it or something somewhere a couple of years ago. And it was just talking about, like, what will your children remember that you loved, you know, and gave mm. time to? And and of course the women in our lives and in our church too, but for me it hit me particularly with with our daughters because there's three of them and and I do like at the end of my life I want my girls to see what I think is of the most value and that be Jesus and not what I look like.
0: Yeah. That's good. So your witness yeah. is part of it. Your, what are you pointing to as your hope? Yep. Um, here's a passage. First Peter or it second Peter? First Peter 3, so this addresses masculinity, femi- femininity, male or complementarianism, all that, and it insinuates or assumes toxicity. So First Peter 3, likewise wives be subject or submit to your husbands, so there's that maximize flourishing, mm-hmm. so that even if some, some husbands do not obey the word, so they're either not a Christian or they're not whatever, they're just out of step with Jesus really flagrantly. If that's the case. So he's addressing a woman who is married to a man who's out of step with Jesus.
2: Okay.
0: Submit to your husbands. Why? Well, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. So you want to win them. You want them to, of course you want them to change. They're not being Christ-like. The question is, how are you going to go about that? He's saying through submission and a conduct, a character, mm-hmm. Right. There's this character that you're developing, which transcends submission. It's also just godliness, right? Um, when they see your respectful and pure conduct, you're going to act in such a way that they are seeing something different. Oh, this is what is this? This is interesting. And then he describes another tactic you could take, which would not be good. Mm-hmm. Rather than that, he says, do not let your adorning be external then he gives a list the braiding of hair the putting on of gold the clothing you wear yep. which obvious, to me it's obvious it doesn't mean you shouldn't have braids and you can't have gold because it, on the list is also clothing yep. <laughs> he said don't let that be your adornment don't let that be where you find your hope is what you're talking about yes. right? Um, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which, in God's sight, He sees that is precious.
1: Oh gosh!
0: So, what I'm g- g- gleaning from this is that one way, when vanity, when, when the beauty that God has given women, and look, maybe you don't feel beautiful, but on average, compared to men, like <laughs> you're just better looking. Believe that. Um, um, when that becomes an idol it becomes a tool it can become a tool for manipulation that's what he's addressing here okay you want your husband to be different than he is Mm -hmm. you can try to manipulate him with beauty Mm -hmm. you can try because he's an idiot yes he is (laughs) you know in some ways he's more more he's gonna especially if he's not walking in step with the spirit yeah he's gonna tend to be more focused on things than people and here you You've come things. with some things. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But what yeah. you want is actually him to notice you yourself. But you're using a diversion. It's self-destructive yeah. and it's not going to work. And yeah. it's it's toxic now. So now you're relating in such a way that is not good. Yeah, you're both complicit in this. Right. Um, that's one way toxic femininity manifests. Is you taking that gift of God, making it an idol, and using it to manipulate or to try to, let's say in the, at the best in this passage, she's not trying to get him to go rob a bank. Right. She's trying to get him to love her. Right. But she's not trusting God. And in right. and, and one sense, she's playing to his weaknesses. Yeah. She's right? trapping him. She's trapping him. That's not that's not help, And she'll know couple of days, couple of weeks down the road when she's like hey, i thought you liked me. And this isn't just married men and women. No. Why do you say that so emphatically?
1: It's actually one of the, i feel like the things that i consider most important to talk to young women about because our i mean i just know how women are and there's already that strong pull But especially when you're young and unmarried and I mean, just the world's message, like it's just, it's just heaping on opportunity to make this your everything, you know?
0: Yeah. So there's a little bit on that. We don't have much time left. I want to address one other.
1: You got me on here, made me say I'm vain and now you're
0: going to end this thing? No, I'm not ending. Well, you are vain. (laughs) Um well the, the, the corrective to that is to hope in God rather than the fact that your husband would and boy that's easy easier said than done but talk talk to women who've gone through that if you have questions about that talk to me um, but he continues this is how the holy women so here's a holy woman what did she yes. do she hoped in God not in her beauty not in her husband yes she used to adorn herself by submitting to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham calling him Lord yep and you are her children if you do good. So obviously, easy said, but that's the answer. Hope in God, not in your beauty, not in your husband. That's right. Um, another way that toxic femininity rears its head is, again, so femininity, a tendency to be more relationally focused mm-hmm. um, and a tendency generally to be weaker physically than men. Um it rears itself, its head in gossip and malicious talk about people. Now, do guys do that? Of course. But Paul instructs women not to be gossips. Yeah. Right? Why? Well, men can gossip too, but I think there's some tendencies there. Number one, women are more relationally oriented. So if you get a guy, go- I just know, I've sit around guys and you sit around a fire And what are they going to talk about? What was on TV? The sports, the new truck, what's happening at work? And part of I think my role and other men's role in that life is to yeah, that's good. Now tell me about your marriage. Tell me about like that's strange to men. Yeah, I don't do that. Women live there. You do too, babe. I do too.
1: That's one of the ways.
0: Uh, That's why I say I'm feminine in that way. So again, there's people that break the break the barrier like or break the uh, the norms. Yeah. Right? I do have feminine tendencies, like, and that's one of them. I tend to be more relational, but not completely. I'm also really interested in objects and yeah. whatever, but yes.
1: But I just mean you're just as likely to come up and be like, what's going on with them?
0: Yes, yes. I'm relationally interested in that way. Yeah. As a whole, men are not women are, which means when they're sitting around talking, you're going to have a greater tendency to talk about people. Yeah. Now that and when that's good, and sanctified, it's encouraging, right? And celebratory and life-giving. When it's not, yeah, it's destructive. The other thing is that conflict resolution. Now, i will just, I think it's true. I, I heard Jordan Peterson mention this, and I think he's right. He said men and women are both face conflict, but they resolve them in different ways. Men tend to lean toward their brawn. You want to fight, bro? Like, yeah. yeah, I've seen girls fight, but come on. You want to go? Guys will tend to fight.
2: Yeah.
0: And women will tend to destroy one another with words. Yeah. Right? Like uh, to others. Not necessarily a face-to-face, but if you can ruin someone's reputa- reputation. So mm. to me, this is, when I say toxic femininity, these are these feminine tendencies, which some men may carry to some extent. So watch that if you have that. Right. Um, that's one manifestation of toxic femininity. Like mm-hmm. where... Again, the tendency to be relationally focused and to not be given to physical combat when there's conflict can be really pernicious and give over to. um, And that's something I've noticed in you a lot. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, I'm still trying to figure out what pernicious meant.
0: I don't know. I just throw out (laughs) words. I think it means bad. I should just say bad. (laughs) Toxic femininity. Okay, so as you as you there's a couple things. So there's vanity, there's uh, gossip. Like, mm-hmm. as you raise our girls, or as you've spoken to young women, um, how what are Are there other things that you feel like, particularly as women, you you want to encourage, challenge, warn about.
1: Um, I think one thing I kept thinking about while you're talking was, I mean, this is for wives, but like, it really is it's not an insignificant role, right? Like they're different roles, but you can destroy your man and your family and severely cripple your message of who God is. You know, like by being someone who does not respond, who does not submit, who does not love and have grace, like your home just becomes a battleground and there's no chance of, like, God's goodness being known out of that because you're just, like, constantly, like, in battley muck. And I think I've seen it. Oh, I just have. Like, everybody's seen it tons of times. And I know that there's two people involved, and there's plenty of error always on the husband's side. But I'm usually talking to the women, so that's what we're talking about. And it's, um, I think when that role is not embraced and when there's just such a, like, a disdain for that role which i think is beautiful like it's like christ um how so like so if you were to look at the roles and everyone you know feels like the woman's is the lowlier position right because we are to follow and we are to respond but like christ was given the lowly position like he submitted to the father's will like it wasn't it wasn't glorious right like he came in humility and i do think there's a humility to the role but like if Christ taking on a low and humiliating role was beautiful and purposeful, then, like, I think that is in the in the marriage, too. Like, it's not an ugly thing.
0: Yeah. No, that's good. And the reality is even the call to initiate is to initiate what? You know, one of the ways we've summed up the call to male leadership is be the first to die. Yeah. Right. So if you're just walking around like up, oh, I guess I'm in charge. I guess I have authority. I guess. it's yeah. like you're a moron. You're just a moron. Just stop it. Like yeah. and your wife will know. Yeah. Is he using his authority to bless? Do I feel served? Do I feel blessed? Is he caring? Is he using his strength and power? Because you do have it. Here's the thing, this is a man's world. Yeah. Um go ahead.
1: Well, I was just gonna say, and there are obviously it is hard to talk about because there's so many different situations. Like there's the woman like facing submission to a man who really is just a wretch. You know what I mean? And like what it looks like. He's not like. even
0: relationally. Int- oh my gosh, I feel so bad for women because they really are better. <laughs> They're not. They both image. But I like women, right? So I see this. This it's sad to me to see a woman who generally got into this relationship wanting that that connection, yeah, and then is disillusioned when she's married to a bit of a machine, yeah, and it's like, oh gosh, yeah.
1: And I just feel like that conversation looks really different when someone is up some against something extreme, like. But I, I don't know. Yeah, I feel safe to say that most people are not probably married to a tyrant. I don't know. At least most people in our church. Most people I think. we know. Yeah, I should say that most people in our church.
0: You're married to more. They're Well, I shouldn't say that. Most. Yes. I feel like
1: we're called to like easier things than, I don't know. I just feel like we're speaking to the, the redeemer people at large. And in general, these people are not married to like the worst kind of husbands you can imagine. You know what I mean?
0: With some exceptions.
1: With some exceptions,
0: of course. But I just
1: want to be able to talk about like, there's like that, like a woman I met with, like she, she battled everything. And I mean like he talked to the kid in a way that she didn't appreciate. You I've know never done I mean? that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, just kidding. Um, and she, you know, she just battled it every time. And one of the things I talked to her about is, like, you're not actually making it any better. Like, you're stepping into this every time, a big battle, every word that's said because you're trying to defend your child. But instead of giving your child a united parent front instead you're you're giving them worse you're trying to protect them from something but you're actually taking away from them
0: let's let's go go here for a minute because that's been a dynamic and so if i'm harsh then i'm going to be harsh with our kids yeah in ways that you don't appreciate but you made a commitment early in our marriage not well one i think to kind of accept it not you know i think there's a godly resignation like hey well you married this idiot like what do you think you're gonna go to war all the time and also, I think, to if you did feel the need to address it, you did it outside the moment. Oh, yes. You come to me and say, hey, I think you were harsh with chicken yeah. or whatever. And almost every time, I'm like, yeah, like, you're right. Like, yeah. But you committed to not just let them receive that. Yeah. And I think there's a lot that plays into that. One is, well, what you said to provide a united front. What do you mean by that?
1: Um, Like if if our marriage roles are God given and peace between us is showing what the Lord is like for me to constantly be fighting against that in front of them does not serve them. Right. It just, just, it just destroys the whole thing. Yeah. I'm saying this is not a value. Let's do whatever the heck we want. I will not let this person hurt you. You know what I mean?
0: Like, yeah. And they'll be fine. Again, I'm not kicking them in the face and yes. you know, it's this like, is not for abuse. I'm just being harsh. Yeah. <laughs> which is that good? No, but you know what? Like, They'll be fine, yeah, I'm being harsh now, but <laughs> l- listen, this is first Peter three, the end of this, and um, so again, Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children if you do good, and do not fear anything that is frightening that's this is what I was saying when I said this is a man's world, like mm-hmm. yes, it's a man and woman's world, but because it's fallen and power will be inordinately wielded. Women are vulnerable. Oh, yeah. Which is why men need to be gentlemen. If they don't, it's going to go really bad. So women are in a more frightening position. So you have conflict. You're at home. He's not being who you wish he'd be. You're not being who he wishes he would be. Let's escalate this. Wow, that's frightening. Or men run society and if they don't have a vision for yeah, the flourishing of women
1: that's what I was just thinking take Christianity out of society it gets frightening really fast for women
0: yes so do not fear anything oh and that's so that made me think of that too like when you so I'm sitting there being harsh to the kids yeah that's frightening to you yes it is so you have to hope in God in that moment right yes now again this is all surrounded by nuance and again I'm not kicking them in the face and You know, and she can, submission does not mean you just accept everything. In fact, she needs to maximize that fortune and come to me and say, this isn't good.
2: Yeah.
0: The way you're being and the way that you're talking to the kids. And I need to respond to that. Which I've done. (laughs) Yeah. And this is where mutual submission now comes in. Yeah. You're right. And and they go to repent the chicken or whatever. So anyway, we could go on. I try to keep these under an hour unless there's something that's just burning, For you to talk about, Aubrey.
1: I don't think so. I mean, I feel like I could go on forever because, well, because we're married (laughs) about what that looks like, but I don't know. Maybe we'll do this again sometime.
0: Oh, gosh. Did you like it?
1: I don't know. I still feel kind of sick, but we'll see.
0: Okay. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to do it. Our kids are starting to bother us. I'm about to get real harsh. But I'm gonna end this recording first. But you guys can imagine what's gonna happen. I'm gonna get harsh, and and Aubrey's gonna just. I'll just just
1: sit there and smile and pray.
2: (laughs) 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 Uh, Get
0: out of here! Oh, sorry, I forgot to stop the recording. (laughs) All right, folks, thanks for tuning in. We love you. See you soon.